The blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, three Thors, two hammers, and a rainbow space shark walk into a bar. Talking Back. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host Tim, and with me today is co-host Dean. Hello Dean. Hello Tim. Dean, we are brothers. Yes, we are brothers, you're right. I know, I thought I'd throw that in there because if anybody new is listening, uh, they wouldn't know that. And I think only a few times have we mentioned that, so I'll throw it out there again that we are brothers. Um, how, how's everybody doing out there in podcast listening land? I hope everyone's well. What do you think, Dean? I don't know. I was waiting for an answer. I didn't hear one. No, nobody, uh, nobody answered. So let's just assume things are good. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Oh, for sure. I love the listeners. It, It goes beer listeners than everything else. We don't discriminate against those two things. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. Tim, I got I got to I got to start by thanking you. You're going to thank me. Yeah, I need to start by thanking you because you wore sleeves today. I did wear sleeves. For me, there's enough testosterone and enough guns already in this book that I didn't need you coming in here and showing off your guns to me. 5 minutes before we started recording, I was without shirt and oh. was very strongly contemplating going shirtless. And I, des- I decided you might not enjoy that so much. And I went and I found my lightest shirt and threw that on. So Okay, nice. I see that you're all thawed out this week. I noticed I you have I'm... your Thor shirt. I noticed yep. you're drinking out of a Thor glass. I am, Tim. You you could say I am thawed to the max. Oh, very good. I assume that you're wearing your Thor Speedo. Now, Dean, I have to thank you for something. Oh, okay. This is like the it's like the sharing circle right now. Yeah. It's, just, it's people, like you you lead off with us being brothers and then we just love on each other this this whole episode. Yeah, I didn't actually mean for this to happen, but um yeah, I did I did want to say something. I think the hopefully the listeners don't start throwing up of all this. We got to throw some stuff like some um, mean stuff in here too. It'll uh, happen naturally, Tim. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> okay, I wanted to thank you because this is a funny, this is a funny uh, little um, um, quirky story, but I got you into comic books. Mm-hmm. You came to me asking for recommendations. I had a giant bin full of books. I gave you a whole bunch and got you into comics. But at the time, I was out of comics. So I was into comics when I was younger. Huge, huge comic book nerd. I, I had so many comics. Um, I don't have as many anymore, unfortunately. But I f- kind of fell out of love with everything for many many years and it wasn't until i got you into comics and i'm i'm not trying to take uh responsibility for that because you did approach me saying you wanted to get into comics i just kind of like gave you some um some direction and some some comics to read but what happened was you went on and you fell in love with comics and then you started finding all these amazing comics once you got into comics and i went back to you trying to get back into comics myself And I went to you looking for recommendations 
And the recommendations that you have given me have been my favorite comics that I've ever read. So oh, that's it, awesome. It, you must have gotten into them around, like really hit hard around 2010, because there's a whole bunch that you've recommended from back in that time that yeah. are among my favorites of all time. And this one is no exception. This is one of my favorite comics that I have ever read. It is so damn excellent that I have yes. to thank you for introducing me to it. Yes, Tim. I am so happy that you love it. Because um, when I first pitched it, you're like, ah, maybe. I don't know anything about it. Um, but then you're like, yeah, okay, you know what? Let's do it. So I am so happy that you love it. And actually, when I did get into comics, that was like 2012. Yeah. So I was getting hard into everything around that time. And so I, I feel like we have similar tastes and I know exactly what you're going to love. Yeah, it's hard not to love this one. This is such a work of art. Oh, it's the best. You had mentioned this one before, and uh, this is definitely one that I was interested in and wanting to do. And, um, you know, normally we have like a pretty good schedule for talking back. Um, we used to be booking our um, podcasts like four weeks, six weeks in advance. We knew exactly yeah. what we're going to talk about. Now we're just like summer's hit. And it's basically, look, dude, like, hey, man, let's just, what do you want to do this week? I don't know. What do you feel like? I don't, it's four days away. We should pick a topic. Not that, not that bad, but. We uh, wake up on podcasting day and we're yeah. just like, oh, man, I forgot. We're supposed yeah. to podcast today. Oh, I want to do Hawkeye. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a little bit more effort goes into it than oh, that. Okay. But yeah, yeah. We, we have been going kind of on a week to week basis. And yeah. it's been pretty easy. Like normally, um, Normally, I think I'm throwing a lot of the ideas out and you're just on board because it's stuff we both like. This week, um, we've come back from the lake. So our last two episodes were podcast at the lake. I think I was feeling a little bit down, Dean. Yeah, yeah I was a little those bit, were fun. Yeah, I was a little bit in the dumps that I had to come back to reality. Totally, Tim. I was the same. Yeah, I think I actually wanted to stay out there forever. Uh, you said so, that you you did say that to me. <laughs> I did. Yeah. So, um, you know, coming back, I was just, I was a little bit down, you know, I was feeling yeah. down and I didn't really have any ideas for what we should do. Yeah. Um, just cause I just was a little bit out of it and you pitched this one. Uh, I thought, okay, well, let me check this out. Oh, it's 11 issues. And I thought, well, that's a little bit much for me to prep, right? Yeah, uh, no it, thanks. Kind of like a little bit late. I was like, well, why don't we do, you know, I was thinking more of like maybe a single issue. Let's do another <laughs> one of those. <laughs> let's just do one. Let's yeah. do not, not 11. Let's do one. Yeah, let's do one. Or like, let's let's review um, the cover of a comic book. Right. Can we do that? <laughs> right. Let's I... judge a book by its cover. Let's try that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but you, a, thing, you... a thing, Tim, I have done on a podcast before. It's pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Maybe we can do that one time. Maybe we can do yeah. a bunch of those. A bunch of those one time. I remember that episode. That was funny. Yeah. With your buddy, Carl. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Carl. Carl. Yeah. Good job. That was a great episode. Uh, thank you. Of a pre and thank you, previous, Carl. Previous podcast that you guys did. So I said... I would think about it. I would try to see if I could come up with anything because I didn't want to cover 11 issues. And I, you know, took maybe a day and realized I'm not coming up with anything. So I said, sure, let's just go ahead and do it. It'll be a little bit of yeah. extra work for me. Uh, I sat down and started reading this comic and I was done 11 issues in about two days. I, I couldn't put this book down. And then I actually went through it a second time. Uh, I didn't read it completely, but I went back to certain areas that I wanted to reread and I basically like flipped through the whole 11 issues again. So my goodness, this is a gem and 
I will put it out there right now. If anybody likes Thor, you don't even have to like Thor. I don't, you don't really, have to like, I don't Thor. really I like, Thor. like Thor when I read this. I don't really like Thor. I like this book about Thor. It's amazing. Yep. But if you're, if you're interested in reading a fantastic comic book, shut this podcast off, go and pick up that book and read it. It is so good. And we haven't even said what it's called yet. It's called Thor, God of Thunder from 2012. Yeah, Ele- yeah, I- pick up 11 issues of it. It's, a, it's in a volume, volume one. Yeah, I I have two volumes of it, um, to get the eleven issues. Okay. Did you did you get it all in one? I got it all in one digital. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah. When I I guess I got it when the volumes were coming out, so I have two separate volumes of it. Um, but Tim, I was feeling the same way. I was down from coming back for the lake, and what pulls me out of being down is comics. That's what gets me out of it. So I knew that this is what I wanted in this moment. I hadn't read it in like a number of years, so I am glad it hit you. I'm glad it pulled you out because. I love this book so much. It's it's very special to me. It worked, dude. It worked. It pulled me right out of it. My life has been this book for the last week. Just yes. um, trying to like go back and think about it and think about the things that happened, trying to understand it, yeah. for, formulating ideas about it. I mean, my goodness, it's excellent. So enough with the foreplay, Dean. Oh, enough with it. I mean, yeah, let's just get straight. Let's do what Thor would do and get straight to it. Now, was there anything else you wanted to say before we get into it? I do have a bit of a story about the book, um, which I know you're the timekeeper on the podcast, so this might lengthen it a bit, but I would like to tell a little bit of a story about it. As long as it has nothing to do with brotherly love, I will allow it. Oh, interesting. Okay, so it doesn't. Okay, um, you're good. And keep it under um, three seconds. Okay, I'll try. It actually might have a little bit to do about brotherly love. Um, you know what? I, now that I'm thinking about the story, it has a lot to do about brotherly love. Does it? Because it's, it's basically why I'm sitting here and doing a podcast with you right now. Okay, well, I guess and I it, guess we have a theme to this episode then. Y- y- maybe, yeah. It's it's love. It's love, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Let was, us have it. I, Okay, well, I was in the, I went to the drive-in actually uh, this past weekend, and Back to the Future Two was playing a movie that um, I always think I don't like that much, and then when I watch it, I like fucking love it. Um, and so in that movie, they really like specifically lay out that certain decisions, like certain bad things that happen in your life, or good things, you can trace back to a moment, and then they like go and try to change those things. Um, so if you could trace back why I'm on this podcast with you to a moment. Like, I guess it would be that that day you gave me those comics. Like, that day I went to you, asked you for comics, and you gave me them. That's probably, if, like, Doc Brown and Marty had to go back and stop me from being on this podcast, that would be the time. <laughs> That's awesome. But if they if there's, like, a sports almanac, if there's, like, a book that they need to t- rip out of my hands because that will get me to a podcast, it's this book. It's Thor, God of Thunder. Wow. Um, and it's... It's because, like, when I first got into comics, when you were handing me comics, you handed me some Batman stuff, you handed me some Wolverine stuff, um, and some Spider-Man stuff, and I really dug the Batman stuff. Um, So I went, like, online, and I just searched, like, greatest Batman comics ever, and I just bought all those, and that's all I was doing was buying, like, the greatest ever. And then I started to be like, oh, you know what? I like podcasts. I should listen to a comic book podcast. So I got onto a podcast called iFanboy. Um, It talks about current issues it talks about issues that come out like weekly monthly so i was listening to it for a couple weeks and i was like i don't know what the hell they're talking about because they're talking about this new stuff so i should buy some of these books so that i can like be part of the conversation 
And uh, so they like rave about Thor, God of Thunder. And I was not interested in Thor at all. Um, but I was like, you know what? They talk about it every single week about how great it is, how, how much it's like the best book out there. So I'm going to get that. I, I got Thor, God of Thunder. And I started to feel like I was part of that podcast, you know, like I, I was part of the conversation. But it gets to a point in this book, Tim. It gets to an issue in this book where I put it down when I finished and I needed someone to talk to. And there was no one to talk to about it. None of my friends read comics. You weren't reading current comics at that time. There was nobody to be like, this is the comic. This is so good. We have to talk about what just happened. So I actually went on to iFanboy's website, went into their comment section for, they had like comic sec- comment sections for each issue. And I went into that and I left my first comment on a comic website and responding to me is past and future guest Patrick Hess met him in that comment section. Wow. Very and cool. met a guy, very cool. And met a guy um, named Eric. And eventually we like the community is very good on that site. And we like talked a lot after that. And uh, eventually iFanboy shut down their website, just kept going with the podcast. So this Eric guy goes out and starts his own website. Um, and it's called Nothing But Comics. I end up writing on that. Patrick ends up writing on that. Um, our past and future guest, Alex Rupp, ends up writing on that. I, I become like good friends with them. We start our own podcast. Um, there's a couple spinoff podcasts that we do off that. One called Through the Ages, which you, Tim, were a guest on. We had so much fun with you as a guest. I had so much fun with you as a guest on that show. One of my favorite guests on the show. And then as Through the Ages is kind of winding down, you come to me saying you want to start a podcast. You'd like if I would guest on it. I'm 100% in. And then as like sort of Through the Ages keeps winding down, I tell you, you know what? I'm full-time ready. I'm full-time to go onto your podcast whenever you want. And that's why I'm sitting here today. And if you can trace it back, it's this book. Sorry about the brotherly love. Bravo, Dean. Thank you. Bravo. What an excellent story. Thank you. Um, it's amazing. It's like it, it's just my journey. I can I can like trace my journey back yeah, to this book. That's really cool. Actually, I really appreciate that. Um, I didn't know any of that. Mm-hmm. I like that we shouted out to the whole Nothing But Comics crew so far in totally. this episode that's that warms my heart that's actually the podcast that got me into podcasts so that's true you were you were such a great listener of it i we went out like for supper one day i think we just like went to a restaurant and we were going out for supper just to like catch up and you were just like okay like this one of your podcasts and this on your podcast and this on your podcast i was like i didn't even know you listen <laughs> that's awesome yeah, i was binging like four and a half to five hours a day of that um, that podcast awesome. i loved it it's so good it was so good you guys uh shut her down i don't shut know is that is, is that gone. still available no it's gone no you gotta you gotta keep paying for those things to keep them available yeah, on the no, internet it's true it's true well hopefully we don't shut down oh never but, never uh, tim that's not the plan the plan is not to shut down Okay, um, that story almost could have been saved to the end, um, right? Because, you know, uh, right when um, we, we kind of like get everything finalized in this in this totally. podcast and people have heard everything and then you drop that story and then all the listeners start to cry. Yeah, I'm basically like worn out right now. I'm like emotionally drained at this moment. So like, where, where do we go from here? You know what? I wanted to set it up at the start because I wanted to tell you that moment when we hit it. I wanted to tell you what that big moment was when I needed to talk to somebody. Yeah, no, that's awesome. 
Uh, that's great. That's great. So well, basically what I'm hearing is that um, you're uh, mad at me for not being around in your big moment when you needed somebody to talk to. A kind of, Tim. Like, I'm kind of mad at you. I get it. I apologize. I apologize. You're there um, now. Now I'm you're here now. there for me. I'm here now. I'm trying to make up for it. I'm making up for lost time. Okay, so we should probably just end this episode and then make this a two-parter. Then we can <laughs> start again next week. Hey, fair enough. Time for what if. Cool. <laughs> what if I never read this book? <laughs> no, that'd be awful. I know. I wonder what would happen. That is a good good what if. What if you never read this book? Hmm. Interesting. That is not the what, what if, if in- I came up with, though. Oh, what if I had this book in my hand and instead Marty and Doc Brown put the sports almanac in my hand? I really like your Back to the Future 2 analogy. That's money. Oh, thank you. I just saw it this weekend and it really like, I knew we were already doing this comic and I was like, wow, this is really ringing with me. Maybe that's why I loved it so much because I was like, yes, you can trace these things back to specific moments. Yeah, it's very cool. Great fucking movie, by the way. That I'm 100% sure will eventually be making an appearance in... uh, on uh, on our podcast yes tim okay then dean let's let's finally get into it here cool released in 2012 by marvel comics thor god of thunder is written by jason aaron it's illustrated by isad rebich and colors by eva svorchina now jason aaron the writer and i have something in common okay i i wonder if i can guess this (laughs) um i I can't it's not a name (laughs) it's not a nationality you i mean you'll never guess it it's something i've brought up recently but you'll never guess it it's that we both got into comics by grabbing them off of spinner racks oh cool that's how he got his start nice he won a marvel comics talent search right that's right i heard that yeah he wrote an eight page um wolverine submission and won Mm -hmm. uh he won a talent search with that in 2006 he sends in a blind submission to vertical comics right which is basically he just like sends them a story without like um knowing anybody or like having an interest he just like mails them something that like never works tim it never does that ever work it did it worked for him and they they published his first book called the other side it was a a vietnam war story and he's uh, basically from there, he does a lot of work on Marvel um, mm-hmm. all the way up until 2012 when he kind of hits us with this Thor, this Thor title. Yeah. And I, th- I just think like notice was taken to him on Scalped, which was his like second thing at Vertigo. And right. Vertigo was very heavily um, controlled or like all the books were being put out by um, European uh, authors and artists, like writers and artists. And he was sort of um, an American who was making his name known on Vertigo, which was kind of, actually kind of rare at that time. Mm, cool. Yeah, I do want to read that. It looks really neat. Amazing. I love it. Have you you've read it? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Okay, cool. So let's just get right into the story here. Now, I think as to not confuse listeners, we should probably just drop the formula of this Perfect. book because otherwise people are going to be very, very confused. Yeah. But it's basically taking place across three different time periods, and it includes three different Thors, like one from each of those time periods. So yeah. one time period is the year 893, the second time period is current day, and the third time period is, uh, as they say, like millennia is in the future. So yeah. way, way, way in the future. Now, this book jumps back and forth between all these time periods and does it in a way that it would be 
like basically impossible to walk through this story and and explain it, you know, for everything that's happening, uh, which is why I think people should go and read this. But we're going to do our best to kind of hit on the main points of this book. Um, even when this is done, when this podcast is done, you will still be able to go and read this and pull so much out of this book because, For sure. you know, even as I was going through a second time and figuring out what I wanted to talk about, there's so much in here that we're going to have to leave out. So I, I mean, I can't, I can't say enough, you know, please go and read this book if you're at all interested in this. So, yep. Okay. Dean, it's, uh, 1893 AD in Iceland and we get our intro to a young Thor. It's really fun. It's a good intro. What I get though, Dean, after the first couple pages is that this feels way more like a Conan book than a Thor book. Yeah, that is interesting, Tim, because that's exactly what I get to, even like down to the look, down to the look of Thor. Down to the look. And I think that's what gets me in right away is cool. I, I was kind of hoping not for this, you know, like normal Thor that you're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. We get this young, rugged Thor and he's kind of wild, like a wild man. So really, really liked it. Um, Jason Aaron had previously written for Conan. Oh, cool. I, and, I, I didn't know that. And the illustrator, uh, Asad Rebich, um, goes on to illustrate for Conan. Cool. So uh, a really tight fit of writing and art that has a very interesting Conan vibe, which I appreciated. So Yeah, and getting right into it, like getting right into the story at this time, um, as, as not a Thor fan, I, I don't know, maybe I, I don't know why I, I like find it all kind of like boring a bit. Um, even though there's like a lot going on getting into this right away, it pulls me in. Like it feels more raw, you know, he's more like, he's not put together as much. And I'm like, okay, I can, I can get into this right now. He's not the Thor we know. He's, he's yeah. like, he's wearing like a loincloth. He has an ax. He doesn't have the hammer. Uh, it's really good. He's with like a, a team of guys. They're just like going around fighting, um, fighting other, you know, countries and armies and stuff like that. But the place where like the, hangs, he hangs with the Vikings. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the place they're at though, um, there's a, a head of a God washes up on the shore. Mm-hmm. That's never good. No. Now we cut to present day and we're on a planet called Indigar. Now this is your, uh, more typical Thor that we're used to seeing. I'm going to call him Avenger Thor throughout this Perfect. book because that's exactly what he looks like but there's an alien race on that planet and they're dying they need some rain uh so a young girl of the species she prays to thor nice. and he, guess what dean he comes he answers her prayer and he comes and he asks who their gods are he finds out that they don't believe in any gods and this highly offends thor because he doesn't even understand how this is a possibility so what I mean, what what ends up happening here is he brings the rain for these people. He he keeps them. He gives them their life back. Uh, only the young girl had prayed to him just because it was like a last resort. But the, yeah. the nobody else is into it. And Thor brings the rain, and then he flies off of their planet, and very quickly finds a city of gods, like just on the outskirts of their planet. Right. Yeah. He, obviously, we realize like these people did have gods. Yeah. Like they're 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 there they couldn't see them but there's a god city there now thor pays that city a visit he's trying to figure out what's going on here and he's nosing around a little bit he ends up finding that all the gods are dead and locked in a room yeah and there's a lot of them totally and they are like brutally murdered and they're gigantic like they're like probably 40 they're all 40 feet tall 
Yeah. And yes, this page looks great. Oh, it does. Yeah. Some of them are like hanging from like, um, like meat hooks that have been stuck yeah. through the back, their back and into their chest. And there's like, totally. there's like f- maybe 40 of them all dead. So, uh, and so what, what sticks out in this story at this moment is that, oh my goodness, they did have gods and they're all dead. Someone's like, someone killed these giant gods, but on second read, third read, like on whatever read you're on, um, maybe you hit it on your first read. Once you like understand the whole theme, this part is really, really important that Thor answered this girl's prayer because that's going to be something that comes back later on in the comic. And I think this is really crucial that he came when she prayed to him. Yeah. Okay. So more so than the fact that this kind of like throws the whole story into, uh, well, I guess it doesn't throw the whole story into motion. Uh, that's never mind. That's some of this, uh, uh traveling back in time stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> exactly it's like it is really confusing to try to talk about it kind of throws the main story in motion for us the reader but the main story has been in motion for hundreds of years already so well yeah that's that's exactly it and and we're getting to present day thor in this moment this is the first time we've ever seen present day thor in this comic book and he answers a girl's prayer okay so you wanted to call out to that so good we'll call that out we'll come back to that later thor uh, thor concludes here that their deaths were skillfully prolonged their suffering relished and that this was the work of one hand. Mm. And he's immediately attacked by a shadow dog. And we quickly learn that these are called black berserkers. Right. Dean, at this point in the book, um, I'm really, really getting this vibe that they're building up the fear for whatever is killing these gods. So there's been yeah. like some serious murders here. And who can kill a god, right? let alone 40 totally. of them. And it's it's more than that. It's that the person is enjoying it and is having no problem doing it. So it, it is break, It is building up. And, and I mean, like the Black Berserkers being sort of shadowy figures, it builds up this shadow of like, what is this thing that can do this? And you just kind of, in my mind, when I'm reading at this point, it's just like a black figure. You know, it's just like this smoky figure um, because I don't know what could do it and I can't even imagine it. Yeah, um, I think Thor was fighting the Black Berserker for like four hours. He said, and it was just like a, it's just, yes. a, it's like a piece of this the boss. He can like leave his like, he can sprinkle like enemies around and leave them there, and it's like just a, a piece of his power. But Thor says that God flesh rots slowly, and that those gods have been there for hundreds of years. So while they look like they were just murdered, we understand that they've been there for a super long time. So this happened like so long ago. I yep. thought that was really interesting that that was happening. And sure. I, I really feel like they're setting this killer up as like a, a madman or a serial killer. That's the feeling I'm getting out of this so far. Mm-hmm. So Thor remembers back to a millennia ago where he encounters something similar. And he knows who did this. He, yep. know, he knows the killer. He says it could only be Gore the God Butcher. Um, we jump to many millennia in the future. Mm-hmm. And we see who I think, and I'm sure you think, is Odin. For sure. It looks exactly like him. It looks exactly like Odin. There's an eye patch. Uh, but it's actually Thor. It's it's old, old, old Thor. Uh, he's missing an arm. He's, um, he's the last of all the gods. And uh, he's more pissed off than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And they they give us the vibe here that... He just wants it all to end. Like he yeah. he wants to die. He's like not enjoying his life anymore. There's nobody else left. 
And he basically tries once again to get killed here. He goes head on into an army now of these black berserkers. So yeah. whereas before Thor fought one for four hours, this Thor runs into like a, a field of thousands and is trying to get killed. You know, well, not trying to get killed, but he's like trying to die. He's trying to die in a glorious battle. Yeah, for sure. And what a great setup for the first issue where you have these three Thors and you're like, okay, great. I'm going to go to young Thor. I'm going to see how he meets this God Butcher. And then like our Avenger Thor is going to go and try to catch him. But then like what? We have millennia later where this guy's still alive and there's no there's no gods left. Like Thor's the only god left. Okay, I'm on board. Yeah, it was it was interesting that we we get to know that yeah the bad guy's gonna be there through the throughout the whole like time period of of this book like it's yeah he's gonna be there the whole time so it's I, I, like I'm curious at this point how they're gonna do that how are they gonna keep us interested in this bad guy and uh, what's yeah. going on if we know that he's already gonna make it you know three thousand four thousand years into the future so yeah this this like last three pages with old man thor is so crucial to this book like taking off and being so amazing because i think at that point where avengers thor is just like oh yeah like i know who this is it's it's gore the god butcher then you're like okay i know what this story is going to do we're going to flash back to when he meets him we're going to go back to the regular time and he's going to defeat him when we flash forward and we have those last three pages of old man thor no one's left and he's the only one fighting Oh, it's so, so amazing. That's a great point because um, we have the luxury of reading these all in a row um, yeah. and not having to wait a month between issues. So now we're we're back to many years ago on Earth and we get this nice little um, little bit with Thor and he's not worthy enough to pick the hammer up. He's, amazing. he's trying to pick it up. Love he's, it. I love it because he's all grumpy. He's like, I've done so many worthy things and I'm still yeah. not worthy to pick up this hammer. He's like, what's it going to take? Like, how worthy does one have to be? So it was I a lot. I love that he screams at the hammer. Like, he's screaming at, he's mad at Mjolnir. He's mad at the ha- hammer. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So he's with his men and he's looking for a fight, Dean. He's looking for a fight with a god. And this is Perfect. just what, this is what he does. This is what him and these yeah. guys do. They go around like challenging gods to fights, gods and armies to fights. Yeah, and he's a great guy. It's this is this is one thing I really really love about this book is it's this this wonderful idea that whatever group of people you encounter, whoever they are, different planets, um, different countries within a planet, they all seem to have different gods. But yeah. every every god is a physical entity of a god who will come down and fight for you if you call for them. That's a really cool idea that I think allows for really, really interesting and cool storytelling. Yeah. Thor and his men find a small army and challenge them to a fight. And Thor calls out their gods. He's like, you guys call your gods. I want to have a fight and it better be a good one. You know, yeah. so these guys, uh, these warriors, they, you know, they, they, they talk back and they're like, yeah, of course we got gods and we're calling them right now and they're going to come and they're going to fight you. And what ends up coming is a Pegasus covered in blood instead, cool. instead of a God. So it's yeah. like, it's like what the God should have been riding, totally. but it, and it comes back and it's covered in blood. And I love it, Dean. One of um, Thor's warriors, he doesn't skip a beat 
And he just, he starts to make fun of them and he shouts out, Behold, the blood horse of doom, defender of the Slavs. <laughs> it's <laughs> a great moment. Like, he's just ribbing so them because their gods didn't show up, but a bloody Pegasus did. It was very funny. I laughed. It's There's, very funny. And and I love like what, what Thor does jumping on the horse after that. Right. He does jump on that. I just wanted to say that there isn't a lot of humor in this book, but yeah. the, the parts that are humorous are very humorous. But it's yeah, ov- overall not a very humorous book. Yeah, I don't know if that's because it's so dark, so the humor hits you so hard. But, like, whenever there's humor, I laugh so hard. Like, whenever it's just sprinkled in there. I think it's really funny because, for me, it's like it's like Conan humor. It's like, mm. what, what would what would, um, what would be funny in a Conan book? Like, something like this, you know? And yeah. a lot of the other stuff, too, is similar to that. So, like you said, he jumps on the Pegasus, he flies off into the sky, and he meets up with Gore. Oh, amazing. We're in issue two. We're at the beginning of issue two and he's already meeting as a young, you know, as a young Thor. He's already meeting Gore. He's already meeting this guy we've heard about. I know. It's really good. And I I love that we get to see him so early instead of just like, oh, well, you don't see him until seven, until issue seven. This is why it's such a page turner because they just keep it going. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because they like dropped hints of Gore. Uh, early in issue two and i'm like oh there's our hint of him we won't see him for a couple issues now but then it's just like no here's your hint of him he's right with them he's like right on their ass yeah Uh, we haven't really talked about the art very much but this art is incredible i love this art it's very very detailed like not as much as like an alex ross but it's very detailed with just enough kind of like you know cartoony or non-realistic to it and i think for me the coloring in this book might even be more important than the illustration. Um, The the, the colorist did just some incredible stuff. She used a lot of like just very, very scratchy, almost like charcoal for anything that's black. You can see this, like the scratch lines. You can see the charcoal lines. Um, One of the pages is future Thor running into Mm -hmm. thousands of these black berserkers. And, all she did for the black berserkers was just scribble like the charcoal. Yeah. So you don't, I love you, it. you can't make out anything. All you can see is a mass of black. And as Thor is like hitting at them, she's just erased, like just basically oh, cool. erased. And you can yeah. see like digital erase marks, yeah. erase that black, like charcoal off of it. It's, it looks so cool. It's so simple, but she gets it across. And then most times you see gore, like something of him is just this charcoal black. The caves that they do are charcoal black. It's very, very, very nice. It is. And it adds a nice touch because the actual like art lines are very crisp. Like they're not very loose. They're very no, tight. They're so very having tight. the loose coloring, like the, the yeah, those loose lines where you can see like, oh, I can see exactly where they colored here. It's that added it's just that added aspect to it that makes it really interesting and really unique and just yeah a a page turner and it just pops yeah so thor and gore are fighting in the sky and we get this amazing inner monologue from thor where he's talking about this god dagger Mm -hmm. and this god dagger basically went on like a murdering spree And Thor was a child at the time, and he didn't really understand the difference between murder and war. Because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Odin, his father, was going out and killing lots of people himself. So young Thor is trying to figure this all out. And I guess Odin lets him know that, like, in war, you're never taking, you're never like that you have to take a life, right? Like, you do it 
out of duty, but you don't enjoy it. And murder is something different. You're enjoying what you're doing. So yeah, they catch this um, god dagger and they um, like throw him in a pit on Asgard and they're going to, you know, they're going to kill him for his, for what he's done. Uh, but Thor is curious and wants to go see like what this guy looks like. So Thor goes over to the pit. He falls in and ends up coming face to face with this god who's murdered like hundreds and hundreds of people and gods as well, I think. Yeah. This guy doesn't kill Thor, though. He just sits down and has a conversation with him and explains to him why he did the things he did, how pleased he is with what he did, yeah. um, how like how accomplished he feels. Uh, he says that he's killed kids Thor's age. He says he's killed babies, but doesn't do anything to Thor. And um, then they they get Thor out, and the next day they, they kill this guy, and uh, he had a giant smile on his face, Thor yeah. says. But he says when he looked into his eyes, he wanted to see what a madman, a madman's eyes looked like. And he said he looked into this guy's eyes, but what he found was something far worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a really cool story, and I also really liked that it was happening while he's fighting Gore in the sky. Tim, I think this is really uh, not even just cool, but really smart in this moment because we've had Gore. I mean, we've only had him built up for an issue now, but we've had him built up and then we finally get to see him. And he's just this like regular size dude. Like he's he doesn't look like he's stronger than Thor. He doesn't look like he's bigger than Thor. So maybe for us, it's like, well, that's not quite what I thought would have killed those giant gods. That's not the guy I thought that would that would do that. And he tells us, he gives us a story that it's like, it's in the eyes. And I can tell that this guy is on a mission. So if he killed those guys, if he killed like those other gods, he knows what he's doing. He's dangerous. And it's it's all about what's behind those eyes, right? It's all about like him being focused on like that goal. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's a bit interesting because what Thor said about uh, Dagger was that there was a calm in his eyes, a calm he hadn't seen before. Totally. At, but at, at, at the exact same time that we're reading that, we see Gore charging towards Thor in the sky. Gore's eyes couldn't be anything further away from calm. It's actually true. He's very intense. Yeah. So I thought it was very interesting that they put those two together. So they're they're telling us something, but they're also not telling us something. They're telling us something different. So. See, I never thought, I actually never thought about that. He might not be, that's interesting. He might not be that murderer at heart. That's the thing. Yeah. Ah, it's, it's a different, cool, cool, it's cool. a different look coming from him. Yeah. So Gore is, is really, actually, I just wanted to say one thing about the way that Gore looks. I, I agree with your, your synopsis of like how he appears and everything. Yeah. Not what I was expecting. Um, doesn't really look like a bad guy. Uh, but he's got like, he's got some sort of, at first I thought it was like a sim, like a, a venom symbiote type thing going on. Yeah. Um, we end up learning it's more of like a shadow, but he can kind of like project shadows and like cut you with shadows. He can make like swords and daggers out of this shadow. Yeah. And this shadow s- seems to be powerful enough that he could just chop off the head of a god with it. So yeah. um, very formidable. It like allows him to fly. It, he makes his uniform out of that. So yeah. um, it's almost like that is is the bad guy the or the weapon more so than Gore himself is because he's just kind of like this guy, right? Totally. And he's like, he isn't wearing any clothes except for what that shadow is. Like that shadow is is acting as his clothes. Yeah. Um, so it's it's very much a part of him. That's cool because all he's, all he's wearing yeah. is just like a hood it's made out of the shadow, but it's a hood 
and yeah. a cloak and like a small like little like loincloth to cover yeah. up his his unit his um, business his business but very very cool uh i don't think i'm touching on it later so i uh, i'll touch on it now when uh, we do get a flashback showing him get this uh this power yeah how he gets this power and as soon as he gets it he jumps off and he flies off into space and yeah. he has used this power to make like he looks like a version of like Iron Man in a way. He's got totally. so much armor. He's yeah. got like a pack on his back, like wings. He's he's just like it looks like a missile. If a missile hit him, it wouldn't do anything to him. And what we get to now is he's just like he's stripped all that away to him basically being naked with just like yeah. a cloak on. I really enjoyed that. I don't, I don't know why I liked it. Maybe it's just because like he realizes how powerful he is or he understands what he can do with this ability. But at first he's like, I need to like kind of cover myself and protect myself. And then by midway, um, you know, at the year that this one is, is, is at here where we see him, he's just yeah. like this naked dude with like this shadow cloak on. So I, I it thought makes that was him, really neat. It makes him relatable. It gives him characteristics that we can relate to, which is at first when you get this weapon, you don't know what it can do. If it can make you fly, you're not sure if you can survive in space. So he does that huge suit on over himself. But now he's like totally comfortable with it. He knows exactly what he need, how he needs to use it. I think it's really cool. It shows you it shows you character growth in him, which I think is crucial also to this book being so good. Yeah, it's a really small touch that you don't yeah. have to put in a book. But when I yeah. see that, I know that the writer understands like completely what he wants to do here. When you totally. can put in such a small detail like that, yeah. like this guy's got it, right? And yep. clearly he did. He, he did get this. But um, okay, Dean, so Thor, he needs to get some information. So he goes to a place called the Hall of All-Knowing. And what, do you, what did you think of the Hall of All-Knowing? I love the librarian, man. Yeah, he's cool. There's so many awesome fucking things like this in this book. Like the Hall of All-Knowing. Okay, that sounds awesome. And it's this yeah. amazing place. We'll get to it in a second. But spanning so many millennia in this book and going to so many different planets and so many different places, they show us so many interesting things in this book. They have come up with so many incredible ideas that... I just feel like a kid reading these ideas because it's like my imagination is just being sparked. Every couple yeah. pages, there's some new like word they're using or some idea that they're throwing out there that I've never heard of before. It's really, really good. Uh, this is one of them, the Hall of All-Knowing. So it's it's basically like this gigantic, like kind of like a library in a way. Uh, it's a library, but it holds like a lot of historical records of the gods. Yeah, and there's lots of different wings. Um, the yeah. the one that Thor is going to is called the Hall of the Lost. He's looking yes. for information on the dead gods. And there's like, yes, there's towers and towers of books. And each one of these books represents a god that's missing. So Thor's like, holy shit, like our all of these gods dead like did gore yeah. kill all of these gods but and i love that the librarian just like despises him like he hates gods like he's a god himself but he's just like oh you guys always out there warring i was out there doing this he's like i gotta i gotta add more books to my shelf whenever you kill somebody yeah, exactly they're just causing work <laughs> for the guy. librarian i love what he says uh he's like he tells thor there's a hall of murder just, yeah. just down that way. And he says right. uh, that uh, Thor will find many of his family members over there. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. It's really yeah. funny. He's relentless. I love this guy. It is, yeah. Um, so that that's a fun little scene there. But Thor, he yeah. continues on following the trail of blood. And he goes to, uh, he just starts planet jumping, kind of following yeah. the dead gods, trying to catch up with Gore and, and find out where he is. 
and it's like a montage actually it's like it's like a it feels like i'm watching a movie and there's like he's just jumping planet to planet as like some music is playing and he's just doing a voiceover like it's very cinematic this part it is it's really nice yeah you just go to like yeah i don't want to get too much into it so i won't but during all this thor is he's wondering to himself like what does all this say about him and the gods themselves that for 2000 years nobody has even noticed or cared that all these gods have gone missing totally yeah nothing's been said about it he's it's almost yeah. like he's just stumbling upon this mystery even though it's been happening for so long he has a great quote here too i really like this he says i find god after god dead and rotting some alone some in piles so large i can see them from space ooh that is that's a thick a thick one dean Oh, just I like heavy, it. Man. I like it. I just they don't show us him seeing a pile of gods no. from space, but I picture it. You I picture him coming it, yeah. into a planet. Man, it's so cool. It is really cool. It's really cool that he's even just going and checking out all this. Like, so this means something to him because just finding one hall of dead gods, knowing exactly who it is, he needs to go check up how many gods have died because there's some history here. And we've seen him fight in the sky already with Gore, but there's some more history here. There's something we don't know. Definitely. Kind of the last last um, place he goes on this search, uh, this montage that we see, he finds Falagar, the behemoth. Mm, yeah. And uh, it's dead, Dean. It's yeah. like it's like a dragon, like a dragon type creature. It's the size of a fucking mountain. And they oh, it's gigantic. They say it wrestled with black holes for fun. Yeah, and didn't it win like uh, the God Olympics seven years in a row or something? Something <laughs> like that, yeah. Yeah. And it's laying there dead. It, it was really yeah. sad. Like it's yeah, totally. got um, all the, uh, it's it's like it's believers will come and like pray and cry and like, yeah. um, I guess pay honor to it still because like we know this God flesh takes so long to rot. So that thing's just there. It looks like it just died a second ago, For but sure. it, it's, it's probably been, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years and they just keep, you know, this pilgrimage to it to to pay honor it was very sad it was yeah. it was cool and i think it's worth mentioning every single place that thor has to go with all these dead gods he has to fight one of those black berserkers that's been left there by gore and he's battles these things for so many hours right he's just like so pissed off that he's gonna go there see the dead gods and then he's gonna take it all out on this black berserker that's a good point yeah um gore does drop a berserker there yeah. uh, i'm not sure why as soon as I kind of caught on that he was doing that, it reminded me very much of the game StarCraft. I know you haven't played that. It's yeah. a game I've played a lot of. And it's a game where, you know, there's a, a couple of different players, but there's an opportunity to make lots of different bases on the map. And in order to win the game, you have to kind of clean out all these bases. Right. So if I, if I beat somebody at one of their bases and then I leave, they could go back to that same base and make a new base. So what I would do is I would leave a single, once I beat a base, I leave a single character there. And then if somebody comes there, I'm alerted to the fact that they're there. So it was like, I I feel like he was leaving these things there to be alerted if someone shows up. So it's like, it's like a connection. It's like a connection to gore. Well, and I think it's specifically if Thor shows up, we're going to find out that Thor is very meaningful to gore. And I think he knows that this is going to happen and he wants, he wants to be alerted because these things are tied to him. These black berserkers are tied to him because they're part of his, they're part of his weapon. So he does know, I think when Thor shows up and starts fighting and I think he wants to know that. 
yeah, like the the stronger that Gore becomes, the more yeah. powerful his shadow becomes, and yeah. the more ability he has to like drop a piece of it and have that be powerful. For sure. So we're back to the present day, and Avenger Thor is there, and we get this real interesting cameo from Iron Man. Yeah, it, it is interesting. It's weird in this book, kind of, because there's like not a lot of extra characters in this book. No, there's it it's di- so it, strange. It didn't really fit. <laughs> it, it doesn't. doesn't it doesn't really all. serve a purpose, except for no. when it happened. I was like, "That's really cool. I really like that that we're seeing Iron Man here. All he does yeah. is he leads Thor to this cave yeah. that um, younger Thor ended up finding Gore in way back in yeah. the day. Thor, Avenger Thor, wanted to find this cave again and got the help. He tells basically tells Iron Man like go warn all of Earth's gods that trouble's coming, and then that's kind of it. That's it for Iron Man. But it was fun to see him. Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning at this point that this book is completely standalone. Like you don't need that. It's like something that's strange in the Marvel Marvel universe. I think at this time is just that a Thor book is just a Thor book. Like you don't need anything before this. You don't need anything after this. This is one story, all eleven issues, um, and I think that's. Uh, even makes it more accessible to get to. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you can just jump in. You don't need anything, any background for You don't need anything, this. yeah. Because Gore's a new villain, so you don't need any background for him. Exactly. Like, they, you we, actually need nothing else than these 11 issues. No. Yeah, you get everything you need to know about Thor in this book. Yeah. And it's great. So we're at this cave, and they've been dropping hints about this cave. And at this point, we're really interested in this cave. We really totally. want to know what's going on. We want Thor to go in there. They keep building up how special this interaction in this cave between Thor and Gore is going to be. So you build it up in your mind of what's going to happen. Um, but like, yeah, we're just, we just want to know what happens in that cave. Yeah, we do get a glimpse into what happened. Gore, first of all, perfect place for Gore to hide, a cave, right? With his sh- his shadow. It's great, yeah. So he um, he gets a hold of Thor and tortures Thor for 17 days. Yeah. Gore says he even tortured the god of torture. And yeah. the God of Torture <laughs> right. only lasted four days before yes. giving up his kids, I think. so For sure, yeah. So al- already Thor is like uh, exceeding expectations of what Gore has on him. Definitely. So to, to like Gore's just been going around murdering all these gods. And so he doesn't even really think twice about it, right? He just like gets the God, hangs him up, does his torture with his, with his weapon. That's it. So uh, already just like Thor lasting 17 days is noticed to him. So me reading, I'm like, is this it? Is this what it was? Just that he could last so long in torture? Right. Yeah. Because Gore... Yeah, Gore had said that he's doing everything because of Thor. Right. And what Thor taught him in that cave. In that cave. In that cave. Yeah, exactly. So that's why we want yeah. to know what's going on. So yeah. that torture was young Thor being tortured by Gore. Yes. Uh, way back in the day. So yes. with the Avenger Thor going into that cave, he's kind of retracing his steps. Now what he finds is not Gore... He finds Shadrach, yeah. who is, the, he says he's the god of songs and somersaults. Is that what he says, Tim? That's what one of the things he says. Now, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> apparently, Gore used Shadrach in the past, but yeah. Shadrach won't say what those circumstances were. Um, but Thor's kind of pushing him for any information, and Shadrach gives up the word Cronux. Right. So Thor is going back to the Hall of All-Knowing to get some information about Cronux. What Thor learns is that Cronux, it's this like planet and it's where the Palace of Infinity is. It just sounds amazing. Uh, that's, can't uh, wait. That's, I can't wait either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't turn the pages quick enough. 
let's get there. Um, and actually, I think that like this adds like sort of the space element to it because we're already doing like the old 893 Thor who's like battling with the Vikings, but also we're going to get present day Thor who can fly around and does the space stuff. And there's going to be like sci-fi elements, which I think is really cool. We jump to Kronox here and the Palace of Infinity. Now, this is just before Thor gets there. Gore is already there, and he's trying to go back in time. He's spilled the blood of many of the gods on Kronox, and Kronox, these are the gods of time. So he's filled up the pool. Yeah. He's filled up the pool of forevers. That's oh. so fucking so, so cool. It's These so cool. names I, of stuff and like what they are and what they do. It's so neat. How do you come up with all this stuff? I know. And this place is just so much more like elegant and epic and cool because of Gore's shadow, what it's doing. He looks so cool in this like in this place. He doesn't just have like the hood and the loincloth like he did when he was fighting. He's made this like big cloak, kind of like kind of like Thor looks, which like a right. big cloak that covers his entire body. And he looks very, very cool. Yeah. So Gore has filled the pool of forevers full of God blood. And there is only one God left. And he asks that God, will this be enough blood? And the, the God says, well, it doesn't really matter because there's nobody left anyways. And Gore yeah. says, well, there's still there's you. you. There's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to change your answer? And the guy sees very quickly like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. This is, this uh, is definitely. There's more than enough. More oh, there's more than enough. <laughs> you have, you've got too much here. You know, you know, don't worry about give it. some back. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, small, funny moment. Exactly. A small, funny moment in a <laughs> very dark story. But I'm laughing at all these funny moments. They're, of they're course, really like big. It's yeah, like the timing. Need, it's you like, need that comedy. It's the comedic timing that makes it work, yeah. I think, is, is one of the things that works so well is the timing yeah. of the where these jokes are placed um so gore goes into the pool of forevers and he mm -hmm. goes back in time 14 billion years dean he goes wow, back to basically the, yeah that is a long time it's the longest of times he goes back to the creation of uh, the universe basically yeah now this was really interesting because what he was looking for here was he was looking to go back to the beginning of time to find the first god who created everything and he was going to kill that god yeah. But he gets there and that's not what he finds. No. He, he finds like um, kind of like, like gods kind of like almost it almost looked like they were being born, but they were almost um, abominations in a way like they weren't For quite sure, yeah. something it, it hadn't really figured out its way. Let's just say the universe hadn't really figured out its way how to create a god quite yet. So the gods yep. that were being created were like not looking all that great. So. He doesn't find what he wants, but he does come back with something that he needs. So Yeah, and I, I just want to touch on this this part in the story because I think um, this story says a lot about, uh, I mean, it digs into a lot about like gods and faith and all that uh, interesting stuff. And I think this moment is when I pick that up. Like when I pick up that, oh, like this story is going to say a bit more. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be digging into something a bit more when he starts to say, oh, people are just going to happen anyways. Like there's going to be planets and there's going to be people that grow on those planets and they're just going to think that these gods created them. So like these gods exist. So they just assume that that's what they, the, how they've been created. And I just like, at that moment, I'm like, okay, this is going to dig into something more than I thought it was. It's just not a guy going around killing gods. Like they're going to talk about a bit, like some of this. Yes, they really, they really do get into like the religious 
aspect of things in this book yeah. and you can really tell that um but it's not there's no agenda it's just there oh no for sure it's just it's it's really just like um it's like a think piece like it's like it just lets you it lets you uh, it gives you these questions and it gives you these thoughts and it lets you just think about them which i really appreciate because these are things i think about a lot i think about all these like gods and faith and all this stuff i think about it a lot and this book just like it's just like a, a an opportunity for you to dig into it yourself, for you to dig into your own thoughts about it. And I really appreciate it for that. Yeah. Jason Aaron does a great job of pre- presenting both sides in the story yep. and he's not pushing one or the other. It's just, they're there, they're part of the story and they're both like weighed equally. And the story doesn't allow you to like decide what you think. Like the story uh, never at, at any point is it like gods should exist or gods shouldn't exist yeah. because they play with that a lot. I don't think we've really touched on it but like basically gore's whole idea is that he wants to kill the gods because he doesn't think that gods are the best thing for people he thinks that the the universe would be better off without gods right and thor is of the he's of the side that look uh someone's planet was dying and they called out to a god and the god answered them and saved them right but uh that is not what gore thinks so he's on this like violent rampage to end them all but yeah, I just wanted to say one more thing really quick. Yeah. That Jason Aaron is an atheist, but in yeah. in the majority of the writings he does, they're almost all religious based or have religious undertones. And he just finds it very interesting. And th- those are really interesting storylines to play with, right? Like gods and hell and stuff like that, that um, nobody can really prove if this is something that exists or not. But these you can create these amazing stories out of, right? Yeah, well, I actually, I heard an interview with him and he had like grown up in a very like Christian home. So he learned all this stuff about, you know, like the Bible and Christianity. And then when he got older, he's like, well, I don't think that actually makes any sense. So then he like became an atheist. But he said when he became an atheist, he became more interested in religion because now he wants to figure out why there's so many people who believe that. So he digs like so much into it and he really explores it in his work. And I think it's, I think it's really fantastic. He does an excellent job at it. Yeah. So Gore comes back out of the pool of forevers from 14 billion years ago. And he brings back an elder God. And he says, all he needs now is a moon or two, some centuries to himself and the space in which to build. And slaves, very many slaves. Right, 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 right. Tim, when was the last time you just had a moon or two and and centuries to yourself? That's how I felt at the lake, Dean. <laughs> totally. You're like, if I could just get a moon or two and a couple centuries here, that would be perfect. <laughs> that would be the best, yeah. yeah. But uh, we get to see that he's got a plan, right? So he's got a plan. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what it is, but it sounds... <laughs> I'm, I'm terrified. That's a... For sure. I hope he can find all that time. But if he is alone for a few centuries with like... Uh... <laughs> You know, the uh, an elder god. Uh, I'm scared of what he could do. Maybe a few centuries off of killing gods is good, but I, I feel like the end goal is not going to be that great. Right. Yeah, I'm getting that vibe as well. Yeah. So Avenger Thor shows up like right at that moment there and starts fighting with Gore. Um, but then we really quickly flash back to younger Thor in the cave being tortured, and his berserkers find the cave, find Thor. And they start attacking Gore. Yeah. We get some jumping back and forth between those two scenarios for a little bit here. But basically in the cave with young Thor, 
they end up freeing Thor, and Thor ends up... It looks like he kind of is able to kill Gore. Like, he lands like this, what looks like a death blow, but at the same time, there's like a flash of light. So, you don't... I wasn't led to believe that he actually killed Gore. I was thinking something else had happened there. Gore somehow got away. Yeah, he just chopped off his arm, really. Yeah, we saw that, that it did get chopped off. And then, yeah, it's just... uh, He tried to land the death blow, and there's like a blue flash of light, and then it was kind of over. Um... Back on Cronux, we see Gore with the Elder God. And this Elder God, all it looks like is a heart. It's like this giant heart that he has that he's carrying. And he goes back into the pool. So he's trying to travel through time again. Right. Thor follows Gore into the pool. Thor gets transported to Elder Thor, like millennia in the future. Right, yeah. And he realizes that he's 900 years late. So yeah, it's insane. It is insane. So he followed Gore right in, but whatever happened, whether, you know, because he got there or he went into the pool four seconds later, 900 years has passed. So, so Gore's been there for 900 years working on his plan. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, it's just another really cool, small aspect of the story where we see him follow immediately behind Gore, but just those, whatever those seconds were costed him 900 years. So Gore's, you know what? Gore's got that time he needed. He's got those centuries he needed. Yeah. And I think I think it's important to touch on um, what happened in that cave and what it was that, that Thor taught Gore in that cave. Okay. And I think, first of all, it was those Vikings coming in and just fighting for Thor. And he's like, no. Gore's like, I don't want to kill you. Don't do this. This guy does nothing for you. And so he just started killing the Vikings. And at that moment, it's when Thor got the strength to break free of being tied up and like started to kill tried to kill gore to save the vikings and so that was the first time where in gore's mind a god did something to help his people Mm. and so that taught him something about gods oh that's good that's very good i didn't i didn't really pick that up so i like that that's good insight we get uh, a really great issue here um and it's backstory into gore and this guy's had some shit luck dude oh yeah man he's had a bad time he's had a rough go of it yeah this is really important issue for uh getting that uh villain motivation where like every villain every good villain thinks that they're doing the right thing you just nailed it man you took the words right out of my mouth that's perfect so we're on his planet i love this it's it's called a planet without a name and we find out that his father died young. He was only 30 summers old. Mm-hmm. I love that they look at it in summers. Like, isn't that I great? Know. Like, oh, man. Because summer is the best time, right? For sure, it's yeah. It's the funnest time. How many summers did you live, you know? so uh, 34. <laughs> Gore's mother gets eaten by sand tigers. His pregnant wife falls off a cliff and dies in front of him. And then all of his kids die from starvation and fever. So Gore denounces his tribe's gods and the tribe is very offended. They stone him into unconsciousness and they cast him out of the tribe. So he's left in the desert. He's like about to die himself when he sees this like bolt of fire come from the sky and smash into the ground, like very close to him. And he goes up close and it looks like it's two gods who killed each other in space and came crashing to the planet's surface. 
And one of them, this, is, this was such a cool panel. It was a full page. I was like blown away with how this looked. And I just found myself yeah. staring at it. It was so cool. But it's one, one of the gods is all black. The other God is all gold. And they've got like, they've both have like their spears through the other one. And the, um, the gold one asks Gore for help. And he, he's basically like, fuck you. Like, where were you, where were you guys when I needed help? Right. I'm not helping you. And this black shadow comes towards him from the all black looking God. And it places this sharp black rock in his hand. And Gore says it fell from the sky many years ago on a world without a name. I picked it up and butchered my first gods. And this, when he picks it up, this shadow bonds with Mm. Gore. And this is that moment I was talking about before where Gore puts on this giant armor um, and he goes off looking for more. So he's got a taste for God blood. He hates them. He despises them. They were never there for him. He had the worst tragedies happen to him. And now he's got a weapon to fight back. So perfect. Yeah. What we learn here is that Shadrach character is actually the god of bombs. He's not the god of uh, somersaults and songs like he lied about right. before. He's the, actually yeah. the god of bombs. And that's what he was helping Gore with, right? So we see Avenger Thor and Old Thor are sailing through space on a Viking boat to the bomb yes. site. Yes. How much Fuck fun yes, is this, Tim. Dean? How much sailing through space in a boat? Yes. And they're going like faster than the speed of light. Like, oh, it's the best. But it's It's a Viking boat. There's nobody rowing. They're just on it drinking mead, you know? Yes. And it's so fucking hilarious. I loved it. And it gets fun, right? Like here it's like, okay, this book isn't funny, but here it's fun. It is fun. Yeah. Because there's no fighting going on. There's no like drama. It's two Thors, like old man Thor, who's grumpy and wise, and young Thor, who just wants to drink and is like, well, there's no way this guy can stop both of us. You know, it's it's, it's excellent. Yeah. Well, old man Thor, so he's so like, he's given up. And then young Thor shows up and he's like, oh, I kind of feel, oh yeah, I used to be great. I kind of have this like new, new look on life. Like uh, maybe I can do it. Yeah, he gets re-energized. It's fun. It's amazing. So young Thor is now a slave at Gore's bomb site. He's carrying rocks and he ends up meeting his own future grandchildren, which is pretty funny. There's it was a, really funny. three girls from Asgard and they, they end up being like his grandchildren. But it was a funny scene. What we What's an interesting part here is that we see young Thor talking to Gore's son. Right, yeah. He says actually a really important thing here. He says, it will be a better world without gods. No more fear of eternal damnation or lust for eternal reward. No more hatred between believers of rival faiths. Without the lie of eternity to serve as our crutch, we will have no choice but to finally cherish what precious little time we have and to put our faith in only ourselves and one another. So that's a great bit of writing from uh, Jason Aaron there that kind of supports that side of like, um, this is how gods might not be working for us, right? Yeah. And that's that's what we got from Gore in his chapter. Everything was going horrible in his life and everyone was like, hey, you know what? It's fine. And he's like, no, fuck this. Like, everything's terrible. Yeah, exactly. So there's three days left before the bomb will be finished. 
the slaves can't wait any longer to revolt. You know, while they've been building this bomb for Gore over these hundreds and hundreds of years, they've been stealing parts and have built a small bomb of their own that they're going to cool. use to destroy the, bo- the big bomb. Very cool. Very cool indeed. Great. Now, they're looking for someone to carry it. Who's who's going to do it? Who's going to like, who, who, could, who could it be? Who can sneak past the defenses? And like, while they're all arguing, they kind of look back and the bomb is gone. Yeah. <laughs> and young Thor is like half a mile ahead already. He's already grabbed it. it. He's heading towards it. He runs past all the bad guys that are trying to kill him. And he tosses the bomb up and it hits the big bomb. And there's a huge explosion. And yeah. this explosion is felt by the other two Thors who are sailing in their ship. Yes. And uh, the weird the weird thing, though, is that immediately after that happens, young Thor appears on the ship with them. So now yes. somehow all three of them are together. Yes. And this, Tim, this is the moment I just needed to talk to somebody. Oh, this was it, hey? The three, short, the three Thors all joining up and then... They're just like, there's only one thing to do now, and that's let the hammers do the talking. I'm like, fuck yes. Somebody else has to be reading this book right now. The three, I have to explain the three Thors, the three timelines. And then like, it's going to take an hour to explain it all like it has just now. (laughs) I was like, oh my goodness, I need to talk to somebody about this. There should be some sort of like Marvel hotline where you can just like call and be like, I need to talk about this issue. Marvel, go ahead, Marvel. Marvel, go ahead. Genius idea. Feel free. We are open for those jobs as well. (laughs) Call us. We'll talk about it. Feel free to do it and then send us some money for doing it. No, they'll give us the no prize, Tim. Okay. Uh, Did you want to say anything else, Dean? It's been so many years since you were unable to talk to anybody about that. Is there anything you want to say specifically? I'm going to give you the forum right now. Just that it's fucking awesome. That's it. It is. It is. It's so cool. It's because it's eight issues in and you've been spending so much time with them separately and now they're all together. And Jason Aaron is so perfect at writing them differently and the like they're, they look so different that they are three different characters in your mind. So meeting all up together, is it just kind of blows your mind a little bit. And, and you love them all. You do love them all for different reasons. Yeah, they're all yeah. very cool. Now- yeah. We get an amazing full page here of the three Thors attacking Gore. And Gore looks oh. so cool. He's just Fuck like, yes. he's so mad that there's three of them fighting him. And he's just shooting his shadow out from every direction he can. Very cool. And let's and, let's let's remember that young Thor can't fly because he doesn't have, he can't wield Mjolnir. So he has just jumped out of a space boat. He's the first one to jump out. They, He's the they first say, one to jump out at Gore. He can't fly. The other Thors bring that up. They're like, well, don't forget that young Thor can't fly because of yeah. like what you just said, Dean. And then he's like, I don't need to fly. And he just leaps out. He's the first one out. Yeah. And then um, what he knows how to do is he knows how to ride those... Um, solar sharks or whatever he knows how to are... ride space sharks like he's fucking ellen brody in revenge in the jaws of revenge those, he's riding space sharks those space sharks are so cool they uh They're they make best. a comment that the space sharks have been i don't know basically what it is it's a shark like flying through space but it's all like kind of like almost like rainbow colored in a way like oh, they, yeah. they look very celestial and the way that they exist is they've been feeding off of the flesh of dead gods oh so that's like, they're like scavengers of space. Yeah. Such a cool idea. I mean, fuck, come it's on. It's amazing. And and when when young Thor hits Avenger Thor with a shark in the face, it says Sharkakum, as is the word. <laughs> oh, Instead that. of Krakakum, it's Sharkakum. Oh, that's funny. Amazing. Yeah, there's a great point where uh, young Thor is riding one of the sharks and he's like getting mad at it because it's not going fast enough. 
It's amazing. It's great. There's, there's a lot of fun stuff with those sharks, but Tim, you talking about some damn shark's mother? I am. Yeah, I am. Down. I think it's damn fish. You talking about some? No, it's shark. You talking about some damn shark's mother? Is it? I don't know. I'll have to watch uh, Jaws 3D again, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. I watched it at the lake. There's no way, Tim. No way. Actually, when you came to say goodbye, I was watching yeah. it. Yeah. Fuck, you should have invited me in. I didn't want to delay you an hour and 15 <laughs> no, minutes, no, no, but no, it was no, no. so it was so great. It was what so a great, great movie. What a great yeah. movie. That was a lot of fun. That's the perfect time to watch that movie. Just at the lake. Middle of the day, got nothing to do. Did you watch Jaws the Revenge? No, no, I just watched Jaws 3. Okay, yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah, that's all I had time for. Yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of free time, but it was it was nice. Now, Dean, this we get a whole issue, a whole issue dedicated to the three Thors fighting Gore here. Amazing! It, it's it's so fucking awesome. This it's is the so art. Good. Like this is every single one of these panels is amazing. Yeah, it's this gigantic, like massive, like fight that's been going on for like thousands of years. It's incredible. Battle for an entire issue. It's amazing. I yeah. I love battles for an entire issue. Oh, like they so may good. take you like five minutes to read like it may be a quick read but i love yeah. those i love when it like because it's been a setup for that so i love the huge battles yeah they're always very rewarding but yeah. dean it's a great fight but alas the thors have failed fuck king thor is nailed to an asteroid and sent roaring through the skies oh, them's the breaks eh yeah avenger thor falls into the lava when the ground of the planet opens up and young thor is exhausted He's too tired to even whisper, mm. and Gore is dragging him towards the bomb. Now, we get to see Gore's wife. And Gore's wife is ecstatic, Dean, that it's time to deploy the bomb. She's so excited for this. She's been waiting 900 years for this all to be over so yeah. they can start living their lives again. Yeah. She tells Gore how happy she is and that he's her god. And Gore is oh. not pleased with that comment at all. And he kills her. He says he is no one's god. I don't know if you know anything about Gore, but that guy don't like gods. He does not like gods, Dean. He does not want to be one. Now, this um, this is something that I thought was kind of funny, actually. Um, it's just like it's been going on for so long that I feel Gore is just very matter of fact now about killing gods. Like, it's just such not a big deal to him to kill a god that it's yeah. almost like a chore. Because... Um, uh, his, his, his son comes over and wants to go look for his mother who Gore just killed. And Gore is like, well, you can go look for her, but don't expect me to wait. He's like, I've got too many. I just have too many gods to kill. Like, don't right. expect me to wait for you. I'm too busy killing gods. <laughs> and it's just reminding you, like, if you had like, if you were going to run an errand and like, you're walking to the car with your kid and your kid's like, can I just run inside and grab a toy real quick? And you're just like, well, like. Okay, but I'm, I might just leave. I might not be, right. you know, I might be here when you get back because I got so many things I have to do. That's, that's, that, was really, that was really funny. I got too many stores to hit. I yeah. can't do it. Like, so do whatever you want. Yeah, do what you want, but I can't promise I'll be here because I'm so busy <laughs> killing gone. all these gods. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Anyways. Um, so many gods, so little time. Yeah, but uh, Gore finally here tells us about the God Bomb, which is what this is called, and its mm -hmm. design. And like we said, Shadrach designed it. It was built over 900 years by an army of God slaves. It was built around that heart of the elder God that Gore got from 14 billion years ago. Yeah. 
It's infused with the chronomancy of the Time Lords of Chronux. Oh, fuck. And when it goes off, it will explode through time, killing every god who ever lived or ever will. Holy Perfect. shit, dude. Holy That's shit. In, what a plan. This is the most epic story there could ever be. You have three Thors from three different timelines, and the villain is trying to kill every god that ever existed, and he has a weapon to do it. It's I, so epic. I meant to mention epic before, and yeah. we just like we had so much other talk that we were talking about early on that yeah. I forgot to mention it. But this is an epic, and I got that feeling very early on. Yeah. Ish, by issue two, I was like, "This is an epic story." Um, I I dug into it. I was so excited because you know when you get an epic story, and you know it's going to be so good. And I just tried to enjoy like every minute of it. Yes, Gore's son finds Avenger Thor on uh, on this planet where the bomb was and mm -hmm. has seemingly had a change of heart here. Now he tells Thor there was never going to be an after the bomb for his family and that he's never prayed to a God before, but would pray to Thor now if Thor would kill his father. Now, Dean, what do you think of that? Uh, I thought this was a very interesting part. And I thought that it made sense because he knew that Gore had killed his mother. So he was sort of done with that. And he was like, okay, you know what? This guy, th there is not going to be a happy ending for me and this family. So I will help. I will help out Thor here. Right. Um, yes. So I have a very interesting thing to talk about. Gore's wife and his son, those are both constructs of yeah. him. He's, he's made them. They're made out of his shadow because they're dead. His real mother, or sorry, his real wife and his real children are all dead. These are just shadow figures Gore has made. So anything that these characters are saying to him, it's just like self-reflection from himself. Yeah. Right? He's, you can see he's starting to crack here because yeah. he's having doubts about himself. And this is the way that we get to see it. I mean, he's not a, it's not a human character, but this is the humanity and gore because when we saw his issue, we saw that he's just a regular being on his planet and he just went through a really shitty time and he got like consumed by anger and then consumed by his like lust for vengeance. And he just like went and he had this one idea to kill all these gods and he couldn't get away from it. And this wife and kid that he's created with the weapon are an extension of himself but they kind of have the innocence of what he used to, like how he used to be. And so I think they're the parts of him separated, you know, from the drive of killing and the parts of him that regret what he's done, because that does happen. Like it, this shit can happen to you in your life and then you do, sh you do bad stuff and you regret it. And I think that is really, it was a really cool thing. Another thing that did not need to be in here at all, but a really cool thing that there's parts of you, even though you're doing these bad things after a big, terrible time, there's parts of you that regret what you're doing. Right. And, and the smallest part of him is asking for Thor's help here to end it. Exactly. Very interesting. Very, very cool. Very neat. Um, yeah. I, I, I love the humanity that there is in this gore character. Like when we hit that, when we get into him deeply, I'm like, I mean, I get this guy. I, I, I don't want to get into it too deep, but I feel this guy. I know some of the thoughts he's having. Like, I get you. Well, he has the right motivation. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's cool. It is. Um, his, uh, Gore's story is a lot uh, paralleled with the book of Job in the Bible, which is like this, okay. this story of this character, Job, where 
just like the worst things keep happening to him over and over again. Mm. And, and then he, I, I believe he ends up like denouncing God just because he okay. can't, he can't just, he can't continue to have all these things happen to him over, like the worst things just over and over and over yeah, again. It's, yeah. a, it's a very interesting, interesting book, but interesting. Um, that's very much the vibe I got from Gore. So knowing that Jason Aaron, you know, has that background, uh, right. I feel like he drew a lot of this character from that character. Interesting. Now the bomb has been activated, Dean. And the Thors are there trying to destroy it. It's at this point where Avenger Thor starts to think, what if Gore was right? What if the people are better off without all the gods? So that's crucial. interesting. Yeah, very, yeah, crucial. That's a good word. So Crucial moment for Thor to think those thoughts because then it makes what he does next more important. Yeah, I, I found this very interesting. As soon as Gore had a change of heart, where young he sends his like well, fake son to come and talk mm-hmm. to Thor. Thor has a change of heart as well. They're changing their stances here at the same time. Bringing back to what you said before, there's no stance in this book. It's like, this is a difficult topic and there's a mind for both sides. Yeah. There's also a lot of interesting parallels going on in this book. Uh, this being one of them. But yeah. So the bomb goes off and the gods start to die. And we're inside the bomb where the Thors are and Gore is. And I love this. They say that time is moving like tar inside the bomb. Yeah. Such a cool just so idea. Cool. So cool. And Avenger Thor has bitten one of Gore's eyeballs out. And he's Great. got he's gotten a hold of two Mjolnirs here. Oh my goodness, Tim. Double fisting Mjolnirs right now? Oh my double fisting hammers? Unheard yes. of. Unheard of. The bomb goes off. And Avenger Thor, with the two hammers, absorbs the whole blast of the bomb. This is the best. This is the absolute best. This is the The best. The art on this page is the absolute best. The idea behind this, when they say that he's struggling with absorbing it, but every single god on the earth who is dying at this moment prays to Thor. Even his father, who he could never, like, have approval from, praise to thor at that moment because they know that that's the only god that can save them in that time yes that that page tim that page when he's smashing those hammers together and his arms like his veins and his muscles like i love that page so much okay so i'll tell you something really cool that i picked up on um if you i don't know if you have that page in front of you but if you look at that page Mm -hmm. as he's banging those two hammers together you'll notice they don't show you all of it but you'll notice what's coming out of the hammer Mm-hmm. Is this is probably seventy five percent of the omega symbol? So oh, cool! Showing I didn't like this is this that. is this is the end. Like this is the end of it. Very um, cool. Very Love very it. neat. And this is the end of it because yeah. all that's left after the bomb goes off is the remains of Thor, but he is now the Thor of Shadows. Oh, he looks so fucking cool. He's so basically. Cool. Um, basically now has control of the weapon that Gore had control of, but he's got his two hammers still. He's like 95% covered in shadow, everything except his hammers and his face. His like like nose and eyes. Yeah. It's, it looks so fucking cool. And you're just like, yes, finally, like Thor finally has all the power. It's crazy. He looks so angry too. Like he is not he happy. Looks, he looks so angry. And then like the next page, he just like blasts Gore with like 
all this lightning, both hammers, like all the shadow going back. We uh, th- This will bring it back to nothing but comics for a second, but we used to do a segment called Freeze Frame where we just oh, did like yeah. the best panels of the week. Almost every panel in this issue, in this last issue is in here because it all looks amazing. Definitely. Yeah. Thor, he tells us here the the name of this black weapon and it's called All Black, the Necrosword. Yeah. Or the Slicer of Worlds oh. or or the Annihilo Blade. It's, it's so neat. Even though Gore is without his power and he's suffered massive damage from that blast that you just yeah. said that Thor gave him. He, still to the bitter end, he, he is against the gods and he says he hates gods and he believes that one day they still will be the end of mankind. Yeah. And Gore lets out a scream to be reckoned with, dude. He lets yeah, totally. out like, it's almost like, I don't, you could look at it like a scream of anger. Um, it, it almost looks like a scream of relief in a way, you know, like he's almost happy it's done, you know? It's a scream that definitely comes from like deep. It's like one Definitely. of those like deep, low, it's a primal, primal, primal roar. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Primal scream. And he lets that scream out, and young Thor cuts his head off. Yeah, with uh, with the axe known as Yarnbjorn. Right. One of my favorite names of uh, any weapon that Thor wields is Yarnbjorn. <laughs> it's a good one. I love now, it. Now, immediately after young Thor does that, he wants to start drinking. Of course, so, I love this guy. This guy's he's, great. He's this guy a cool just guy. wants to drink, chop off heads, you know, get with the women. He's a great guy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Avenger Thor still has this black weapon inside of him. And uh, he dies, Dean. He Th- dies. Thor dies for the ninth time that could be remembered, they wow. say. Great. Uh, but he's quickly, um, he quickly rises again three days later. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. obviously another like biblical parallel there. Of course. Yeah. Now the Thors are all back together. Asgard is alive again with gods from all over the cosmos. King Thor tells young Thor that he's going to fail a lot in his life. And he says this really great quote. He says, you'll never come anywhere close to the one thing you've always wanted most. You'll never be the son he wants you to be. It's such a powerful out of kind of nowhere moment in it's, this book. It, it's incredible. It's out of nowhere. It's a man talking to younger himself. So he's actually just saying it to himself. He's saying, I'm so old. I've been on this, this, I've been on like in Asgard so long and I've never lived up to being the man my father wants me to be. It's such a, it's just such an amazing moment. I try to like imagine like a younger me coming up and what advice you'd give and to like to just say that is like, oh my goodness, it's so painful. He's never been enough for his father and then to remember that his father prayed to him just a few just a few pages ago it's like oh if yeah. only you knew right yeah so he's never gonna he's never gonna have that it's, it's sad to know that um you know old thor for mm-hmm. so long for so many thousands of years just wanted to like live up to his father's um standards and never did so that's and he still sad. thinks that right but at this at the same time it's 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 nice that he can share that with young thor and hopefully young thor doesn't have the belief that for the rest of his life, he needs to live up to his father's standards because now he knows he totally. won't. So maybe he can just let that go and um, that have that not be um, not be anything. But this book's so good. We uh, it is so good. Just a little bit left here. We wrap up with um, King Thor using his all father magic to send all the other one, well, all the other two Thors back to their times. 
And we're told, like with the whole time travel thing that's involved here, that those Thors won't remember meeting themselves and kind of won't remember like what's going on. Yeah. Um, Avenger Thor returns to that little girl from the beginning who prayed to him. And he tells her she prayed to him before because her planet had no gods, a prayer she need never pray again. Amazing. Amazing. And so I'm just going to bring it back to when I said that the first time we saw Avenger Thor, he answered her prayer. And that is something that Gore never experienced because the gods of his world never answered his prayers. And they just like, because maybe they didn't care at all. Just because they were gods of his world doesn't mean that they care. Like Thor is a god that cares. And so he answered the prayers of someone else, like the prayers of someone from another world. And so I think that's crucial to his character to to come down and answer that prayer. And it's actually what Gore takes notice to later in the cave. Yeah. So what an excellent book. Uh, it's so good, Tim. I mean, I can't wait to like let this one just simmer and yeah. uh, for me to forget a lot about it and to revisit it in a year. Uh, just uh, it's such a good one. Please, anybody out there, just read this book. Even if you've heard it, there's still so much more in there and it's so good. You know, you'll get your own opinions of it and it's great. Yeah, I, I, I've had to write a uh, top 10 favorite comic books article before, and uh, this was in it. This was in the top 10 easily. Like, I can never leave this one out of the top 10. And just revisiting it now again after so many years, it's, it's just locked in there. Like, it can never leave my top 10. It's so great. I love it so much. Yeah, I was quite surprised to see that this book um, didn't win any sort of Eisner I was Hmm. a little bit shocked, but when I checked who it was up against, it does make some sense. It was the, the notable ones that I knew of were, uh, fatal. It was up against Mm -hmm. and, uh, the Hawkeye run that we covered uh, a few weeks back. So those are, those are both incredible books. So I don't know. This one might've got slighted. This might've got slighted. slighted. All right, Dean, one thing left to do. What if? I really like this one. Now, I was concerned at first that I might not have a what if for such a what if book, but there were a lot of things that struck me about this book, and I had mentioned it earlier. There are a lot of parallels going on in this book that are unexplained. Um, cool. I, and I was trying to make sense of what the like what the deeper theme of this book was, mm-hmm. and I think what I came up with is my what if. Perfect. I love it, Tim. So, Dean. Ready. Dean, who knows what goes on in the mind of a god? I do. Who knows? Oh, who? Yeah, right. Who? Nobody knows. Okay. What if this whole story is but a moment of thought in Thor's mind? What if Thor constructs Gore as a way of examining a what if scenario in his head of what if the world didn't have any gods? Is this story possibly a construct of Thor's mind as he examines the existence of life with and without gods, as well as a study of his own mortality? Tim, we've already pointed out one thing in this book that uh, that that we really like um, about Thor's thought process through this all. And I think without that line, I hate your what if and I don't like it at all. 
with that line, I love your what if. And that line is Thor saying, what if we don't need gods? Like, what if Gore's right? What if gods are bad for people? And I think him making that sort of question, like questioning himself in that moment, for me, makes your what if really great. And it could actually, like, it wouldn't feel cheap to me if that was the answer because he goes all the way through that whole thought process and gets to a point where he has to actually weigh if gods are better for people or if they should just like if they would be better if they were all gone because maybe humanity would be better without them and after that after he goes through this thought process he's able to be a better person because he's he's come to the conclusion that yeah they do need me they need thor um and then he's able to carry on and be better so i i like your what if a lot i'd say if he didn't say that in this comic then it's not a good what if but i love it yeah i think that line is a key it's Um, so crucial there's so many weird parallels in this book that are not explained though yeah that are so obvious that left me searching for answers like first of all thor and gore why are those names so similar? Okay. You look at um, the different things that are happening in this book. You have three Thors kind of coming into that final act, right? You have three Gores. You have Gore, you have his wife, and you have his son. There's This book is riddled with these parallels. At the same time that something good is happening for Gore, something bad is happening for Thor and vice versa. Just mm-hmm. like when we said, when Thor is questioning whether or not gods are good, Gore is now questioning whether or not they're bad. This totally. book is full of these moments and it was never explained. And I, I was trying to figure out what all this could be. And I kind of got to the point, Dean, where we talked about this in uh, the episode we covered with the jacket, where oh. where Jack is, we both agreed that he kind of got killed at the beginning and that this whole story was just maybe this his mind trying to complete a story so like i said who knows what goes on in the god in the mind of a god this whole story could have been seconds of thor's thought process just figuring out what his stance is about gods and the whether they're good for people whether they're bad for people but this is what he has to go through to get to the end, he has to travel thousands of years in his mind, create the most powerful villain in order to decide for himself what is right and what is wrong. Tim, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious about this. You blow my mind with these what ifs because like I never, ever have thought about this. Um, another thing that comes to mind is that Thor is like defined by Mjolnir and that's really, really big in this in this comic because he can't get it when he's young and there's a, like a lot um there's a lot of like pages and panels devoted to him as a young guy wanting Mjolnir and can't wait to get it. And then Gore is defined by his shadow weapon. He has a weapon that also he's nothing without. Um, but going back to what you said, where it could be, it could be just thought in Thor's mind. The issue that follows this. We did not read it. You did not. Well, no, I've read it. You read did it. not read it. No. The issue that follows this is perhaps the best Thor issue that's for me ever existed. And it is Thor going back to Earth and just doing a bunch of great things for people. All he does is help people along the entire issue. That's it. He helps just people on Earth do stuff. So if 
this is an entire thought process, these 11 issues of him just figuring out that gods need to exist and like I have this connection to Earth. I should probably, after doing this, after realizing that like, yeah, we are meaningful and we should be there for people. Going down to Earth and just doing all the things that he connects with, like just helping people out and visiting everyone he's ever had a connection with and making sure he puts in the FaceTime, it is way better. And it's already one of the greatest Thor issues I've ever read. The one that comes right after the storyline. You cracked it. My head cannon done. Yes, I did it. Amazing. I'm blown away. Gore has never returned. Right. This is the only time Gore has ever been in a Thor comic, uh, as far as I know. I mean, maybe there, maybe there is something else. I feel like Gore has never returned. I love this. I love this what if, Tim. It's not in the text at all. No. Yet it is all in the text. Like, yes. Like, all these things you've pulled out. Oh, just, I, I feel like we need to read, I, I want you to read the next issue right now. Like, like, after we end, I want you to read issue 12, because that actually is the exact answer to if this was just a thought process for Thor. That's cool. Um, so you said you had volume two. Do you recommend picking up volume two? Or should I keep going? Like beyond just the next issue, should I do the next volume? Um, so the next issue is just a one shot. But, but the next volume, like the next one. The whatever. next volume's good. Yeah, the next volume's good. It never reaches this for me. Like right. I don't own, I don't have the next volume on my shelf. Like I have, I, I bought some digital comics of the, like I was following the run. So I, I'd done like, 20 30 issues in oh do you Um, you only have the next issue is that as far as you went no i went i went a lot but i don't have like the i don't have the issues on my shelf so with thor with this comic i did what i call double dipping which is i bought the online comic as it was coming out and then i bought the trade when that trade came out um the triple dips when it kills you when you buy the online comic the trade and then you buy the deluxe hardcover there's a couple (laughs) a couple comics i've done that with too yeah um (laughs) Yeah, so I, I have continued on with this comic, and I I would say that you could continue, and it is very good still, um, but it's not this level for me. Yeah, but I would is... definitely, definitely recommend you read 12. I'd recommend anyone out there right now who read these 11 issues, go read 12 with this what if, because it like it makes a lot of sense, and it's amazing to me that you didn't even know that. You don't even know what happens next, and it fit perfectly. Nice. Ah, uh, Dean... I'm out of breath. Me too. I'm exhausted. Oh my god! It hasn't got it, it, it hasn't it hasn't gotten any cooler in the studio here. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm starting to see the beads of sweat on the nose. Oh, that happened right away. Oh, that was immediately. <laughs> my eyes were stinging again. All right, Dean. Thank you for joining. Yep. We will uh, we'll talk to you again soon. And thanks everybody out there for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.
That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.